0: We're looking this morning at the second in our series of The Search. And uh, last week you were looking at Searching for Home with Andy. And uh, this week we're looking at Searching for Adventure. Searching for Adventure. And I think it's true to say that in the human spirit, there is a craving for adventure. 35,000 people last Sunday ran the London Marathon. And when surveyed about why they did it, the top answer was personal fitness. The second top was to put yourself out of your comfort zone and test what you are really able to do. There is a craving in us for that adventure. And uh, it's a spiritual craving, I believe, as well. Perhaps we use a physical way of meeting it sometimes, and that's fine. But there is an appetite for living life to the full, as Monica prophesied earlier on. That sense of having two roads in front of us. In the Old Testament, it says that actually I've placed before you death and life. Choose life. We were created for it. We were created for abundant life. I remember first hearing that in the book of John where we hear that Jesus said, I've come that you might have life in all its fullness. And this parable is a parable about that adventure of faith. The poor guy who just wraps his mina up in a cloth and just sits on it. And there's a challenge in that, I believe, for all of us. Maybe we were supposed to run. Because I don't think, as I said, it's about the physical approach to running. It's about the cry of the human heart. And actually, faith, the adventure of following Jesus, was never meant to be just coping. It was never meant to be easy. We were never meant to stay in our comfort zone now i thought rather than just having a a video it'd be good to have a live example of someone who's well and truly put themselves out of their comfort zone in recent weeks and uh, we have the lovely julian manda with us today and the lovely liz let's give them a welcome both of them and julian's going to come up you can use the, the mic there. Um, Julian, as if life wasn't tough enough, being a head of operations for Riverside Church, which I, I think you do an amazing job, but surely that takes all your adrenaline and all of your courage. But you've been doing something on top of that recently that uh, is on the edge of madness. Um, do you want to just share with us what you what you did a couple of weeks ago with quite a few men, maybe some of them are here, I don't know. Uh, yes, if you look at yeah. the
1: picture, uh, we took uh, 13 guys Um, After six miles of obstacles, uh, that included six underwater lake dumps in freezing cold, uh, wading through mud, climbing up uh, 12-foot-high walls, uh, swinging across ropes, uh, bridges, uh, going down into a pond. It was cold. It was brutal. Um, We had a few cases of hypothermia. We had tears. For a great time. <laughs> um,
0: I think most people can predict my next question. Why? <laughs> I think we would all join in chorusing. Why would you do that to yourself and to these lovely men?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Um, you put the second picture up, Simon. Thank you. Um, this is uh, Dave, who might be here this morning. I think. Um, and uh, one of the things that I see when I look across the church is that us guys can actually be in the midst of a whole uh, community of people. And yet, actually, be quite quiet and settle into a uh, almost like quiet desperation. Um, if I use a really bad stereotype, if I may, uh, when life gets tough, if you're a woman, you tend to talk it out and seek people to cope and grapple with the things that are hard. Us guys tend to do the opposite. We bottle it up and we go introspective, and sometimes find other, uh, other avenues which aren't good. Uh, If you think the Christian life is easy and that God's there just to solve your problems, completely opposite. The Christian life is hard and more challenging. And a race like this actually gets guys and women out of their comfort zone and into a situation where you can't do it by yourself. You actually have to have friends around with you that when when it's tough and you feel like giving up, uh, will be prepared to give you a helping hand up to give you words of encouragement um, and to be alongside with you and go through it all with you in order to get to the finish line.
0: Now, I know that running is something you started a couple of years ago, that you're Mm. training for some marathons and all sorts of things, and you're recruiting today. So if this is uh, floating your boat and uh, you like the sound of it, you can talk to Julian afterwards. But what would you say, perhaps faith-wise, you've learned from the discipline of running and and racing with others? You've talked about team and community. Is there anything else that you would share with us that God's taught you?
1: Yes. I think the the idea of... uh, A race like this is a great picture and experience of showing you what the Christian life is like. And uh, Paul, in some of his letters, describes the Christian life as one of being on a race, and heading towards the finish line. And I like, uh, there's, a, there's a passage in uh, Philippians 3, um, and I normally don't like the message translation, but in this case, it sums it up really well. And it says, uh, in verses 12 to 14, that the Christian life is like a race, you're pressing on towards the finish line. And it says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, and that I have it all made, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal, where God is beckoning us onwards towards Jesus. I'm off on running, and I'm not turning back
0: fantastic thanks Julian and thanks for all you do if people do want to get involved with this um I guess they can come and see you afterwards they they can can do I've got another
1: couple of races coming up this year so if you want to be out of your comfort zone and be looked after but be challenged uh drop me a line have a word and uh, we'll go from there
0: fantastic thanks let's thank Julian for coming over for that Um, Paul Kaleo says this. He says, If you think adventure is dangerous, try routine. It's lethal. And I like that because there is something about what Julian's just said that actually we don't want, as Christians and as radical followers of Jesus, if we are those followers today, to just settle. And there is something about settling which is also in the human spirit. You know, we get comfortable, we get cosy, life seems a little bit easier and we start to settle... But Jesus is telling this story, and you may be more familiar with it in in the Gospel of Matthew. Often we hear it as the parable of the talents, and uh, we can get very much into gifting and how God's distributed His gifts among us. But I wanted before we do that and do open the passage, if you have it. But it is interesting that actually Jesus is talking. It's followed the story of Zacchaeus that we heard last time, and actually he's talking to a group of people. The Pharisees, the Sadducees would be present. He's talking to them and he's talking to a group that thought the kingdom was now. It was about to break out. They thought that actually the kingdom of God was about now. And Jesus's first point, I believe in this, he's saying it's about the not yet as well as the now. He's saying actually a king, a guy went off, uh, the people didn't like him, he went off and he came back and he was the king. When he went off, he said he would be back, and Jesus is hinting, I think, at the fact that actually he will come back as king, and actually what do we hear in the verses? We actually hear that they didn't like him, they didn't want him as king, and uh, they actually rejected him as king over them. In other words, they didn't accept that part of the Christian life is about the not yet, They actually wanted things now, and we know that that's like us. We know that, actually, in our limited existence, sometimes we can get into uh, this business of just getting by. Henry David Thoreau, uh, in his uh, lovely poem, talks about, in the walk in the woods, he says this, And not to discover when I came to die that I had not lived. I did not wish to live what was not a life nor did I want to practise resignation. I wanted to live deep and suck all the marrow out of life." And Jesus is talking to people and he's saying, don't just sit on the gift that you have. When you read the parable, whether you read it in, uh, in Luke or in Matthew, there's a sense that our attention goes straight away to the guy who does nothing, isn't there? Because he's the one that's outspoken, he's rude to the king, he's he's rude about what happens. He even doubts that the king is even for him. And actually he speaks out about the fact that he did nothing. And in this, one of Jesus' challenges was to the Pharisees and to the Sadducees. He was challenging them because he said their faith, their religion, had become about don't change a thing. Right, even one of their phrases was to build a hedge around the faith and religion that they had, not to add to it. So when this radical Jesus came along, he offended them because he, he said, Actually, there's more. There's way more here. There's abundant life, there's future life, there's the now and the not yet. And he challenged them because they were sitting comfortably on what they had. So it's not just about our gifts. It's not just about our stewardship. It's actually a story about our faith in its its whole sense. That actually, are we guilty of that sort of Sunday Christian that Jesus was challenging in the people that were listening of the day? But there's a challenge for all of us here That actually, in this gift of faith that we've been given, that actually is given freely by the grace of God, are we sitting on it? Are we living the Christian adventure uh, to the full? Uh, This is uh, something I found (laughs) on Pinterest. Uh, It's not in the Bible, by the way, it's not an added beatitude. Uh, But it says, Blessed are the curious, for they shall have adventures. And actually, as we keep our curiosity about what God is able to do, about what prayer can do, about what the Spirit can do amongst us, curiosity is an important part of faith. And if you like, the listeners had stopped being curious. They'd said, build a fence around it, wrap a towel around it, if you like, the meaner, Keep it safe. Don't test it. Don't add to it. Just keep it as it is. Bear Grills, who's a, a very uh, great adventurer and a great trailblazer for not only for adventure but for the Christian adventure as well, he says this But having faith reduces my fear hugely because I'm not alone. I am fighting these battles with the Creator, and that is amazing. My faith definitely plays a part in my love of the outdoors. I see miracles everywhere I look, in mountains and in the jungle. I have less fear of death as well because I see it as going home. Lovely link back to last week. Actually, we can hold this gift of faith and life lightly because we know that we were made for another world. And in this parable, there's that as well. There's Jesus saying, actually, there's a king that's coming back and he's, going, he's trusted us. He's entrusted us with this faith. He's entrusted us with the wealth of a king, the stewardship of his kingdom. So in verses 11 to 14, there is a a sense of actually, we don't want this man to be our king. We don't want to be accountable to him. But the the guy goes away, he goes away and he leaves them with portions of his kingdom to multiply. And across this church, in all of our sites, in all of our gatherings, and here at Bourneville today, he has distributed the work of his kingdom amongst us. Isn't that amazing? That there is no one to the left of you, to the right of you, behind you, in front of you, that has the role to play in this adventure of faith as you do. Nobody, with your meaners, with what you've been given, with your stewardship of your money, your stewardship of your talents, your gifts... Your experience, all the things that have shaped us, bad and good, tough and easier. Everything is your stewardship, really, of the kingdom of heaven. And I hope that excites you today because there are two ways this can go. It can go into a massive guilt trip or actually we can feel our spirit rise and say there is more on this earth for me to do with God's power and that he has chosen you. Uh, I was sharing last week and I think I probably shared with some of you before but I used to speak in prisons quite a bit and uh, on one of my earliest trips into uh, Brinsford Prison in Wolverhampton I was sharing about my joy as a little girl when I first put my finger into the poster paint and put it onto a piece of paper and discovered that my fingerprint was totally unique. It wasn't like anyone else's in the world, not my sisters, not my best friend, nobody. And I shared with this group of very loud, raucous uh, male prisoners in Brinsford. Isn't that amazing that your fingerprint is unique, that you have a mark? And uh, yeah, you, they were pretty much like you, only much more loud and a little bit more cheeky. And they said, no, it's not. That's the whole point. That's why we we're here that's why we were caught and all of that so just a little tip don't don't mention that joy keep it safe in here but don't, don't mention it in prisons but actually there is a sense in this that the mark you were called to make is like no other and we live with so much comparison A society that actually breeds comparison in all of our lives. And I know I live with, I know many of you here will struggle with this business of comparison. If only I were more like so and so, if only we could do this. The thing is, the only calling on us is to be the best you that you can be. Put your name in there, the best Liz that you can be, the best Mark that you can be. Whoever you are, put your name in there because that's your calling with God's power, with his help, that's the adventure. And there will be things that have been said over you in earlier years that can make you believe a lie that will stop you being the the whole of what god has for you and if that's you uh we'd love to pray with you at the end just to pray that god would replace those lies with truth you know there are things like you know you'll never amount to anything you'll never be as good as your brother you'll never you know no hope for you whatever it is there'll be different things in each and i don't want to say what they are for you but you will know what they are that actually when you think oh shall i offer to do that could i a voice says, "I oh, know you'll muck it up. No, it's you, you'll fail, won't you? Don't, don't promise to do it, because you're, you're bound to fail. And instantly, your meaners are wrapped up again. Do you know what I mean by that? So they're wrapped up, keep it safe. Keep it safe away. And also this can refer to the trust of sharing the kingdom with one another. It's great that we've got Alpha starting. It's fantastic that, the fact that people are inviting at this site so much and it is just brilliant to invite our friends along because another side of this trust was he's entrusted the spreading of this word of hope, of life, of eternity with us. And we're not called to sit on it. We're not called to keep it safe. (laughs) Lovely quote from Francis Chan. He says this, But God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. Those moments when your heart is racing, when the adrenaline is pumping, and you are thinking, God, I need you now. Now, I want to do a heart check with you. The good news is no one is going to hear about this, but this is just between you and God. Uh, But just let's pause for a moment and think about, when was the last time that you put yourself into that position? Maybe it was when you gave out your Try Praying booklet a few weeks ago and you were thinking, I'm risking this friendship, or I'm risking my relationship with this colleague. But when was the last time that you had that kind of prayer where you're like, God, I need you now to show up for me? When you were putting yourself, perhaps into red zone, we live, if you like, in amber, but when did you put, now, again, please hear me, this is between you and God. It's not a guilt trip. It's not a guilt trip. It's just a, a pit stop to think, When was it? And if you can't remember, that's absolutely fine. You might just want to think, well, what will it be this week that will just take me that little bit further into the power of God? So it's a pit stop. It's not a pity party or a guilt trip, all right? So let's just pause and think about that for a couple of minutes. Okay, and that might be something you want to revisit um, maybe later on in the day or over the weekend. But God's heart is that we move forwards, that we don't get stuck. There's no such thing as staying still in the Christian life. And yet, one of the main pastoral challenges, and we looked at that when we created Moving Forwards as a discipleship tool quite a few years ago, one of the things we observed is actually that pastoral crisis didn't always come from really bad things happening to people. Sometimes it did, but sometimes it was just that life got too comfortable that actually everything was all right? How many of us can actually testify, no I can to being really deeply close to God in times of trial? And actually when you come through the other end, you almost miss the closeness because God showed up for you in a whole new way. And actually when we're comfortable, it can become a kind of anesthetic that stops us daring for Christ. All across this world today, people are daring for the name of Jesus and dying for it. Why? Because they know that we live for another world. That actually, as this parable says, there's a resonance. There's actually something that you do tomorrow echoes in the whole of eternity. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Do you think it's amazing? That something, Harry does, Harry and I do. But the, the thing is, there's something that you could do tomorrow that actually echoes in eternity. That makes someone curious about the Christian faith that makes me, what, what, what is it about that colleague that just, oh, I'm just going to read that, I'm just going to look up that online, I'm just going to Google what it means to be a Christian because of you. And not because of maximum effort, but because you've said, here I am, Lord, as you've made me, with my fingerprint, unique as I am, to make your mark, Lord. And, and that can be a position of surrender rather than striving. John Ortberg says, try softer, And actually, sometimes we need to just lay back in the spirit and say, God, use me as you have made me to be. The test of the king, the trust itself was a test. The trust, all that the king had entrusted in his people, was in itself a test. So, for us, we know that the trust he's placed in us is part of our testing, part of our refinement, part of our character. Uh, Years ago, I remember being highly moved at Spring Harvest when a speaker said, If you want to be a history maker and you're here between the ages i think of about 16 and 18 I want you to come forward and we're going to pray over you that you will change and shape history and it's one of those ones where i can't remember who was speaking now but i think it was steve Chalk but actually as he said it people just came forward in their droves in tears on their knees some of them just to say as for this generation we want to be history makers we are not content with the way the world is and i often think about you know i'm sure i to them, maybe one of you is here, I don't know, but that's a generation that have made that pledge. And uh, I, I hope and pray that that's true of us as Riverside Church. Our very name means it that we're the river that flows out, that actually goes further than the borders, that actually flows out into the community. Paul says this I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. Wouldn't that be great if, if nothing else was said of us that we could actually say that as our obituary or on our gravestone or whatever, sounds a bit morbid, but actually to say, as for me, I fought the good fight, I finished the course, and the course is your course with God, your lane. We know that if you're a runner that you lose pace if you look to the side of you or you look behind you that we keep our eyes on the goal, as, uh, as Paul reminds us. And finally then, the king's great reward. He comes back, he's pleased with those who've gone and invested and multiplied, and he challenges the one who covered it up and sat on it. And the sad thing is that the main reason that the guy sat on the mina or the talent is because he said, I knew that you were a, a bad master. I knew that you took. I knew that you were against me, if you like, rather than for me. And some of our spiritual challenges come from that little voice again that says, can God really be trusted with my life and with me? And the answer is absolutely, emphatically, yes, he can. He can. Whatever your experience today, whatever place you're in, hear that from God. That yes, he can. Yes, he is to be trusted. Whatever things you've believed, whatever man has said to you or woman has said to you, uh, that is the truth of the gospel that we celebrate today. It's a great, I don't know if you can read this. When Jesus invites us on an adventure, he shapes who we become with what happens along the way that even the tough times even the times when you think God are you for me even when like that guy you think can you be trusted Um, then actually that's part of the shaping of our character part of us running our race sometimes is hanging on (laughs) a couple of weeks ago I I felt like I was white water rafting and I remember God just saying hang on Judy and it was like that it was just like hang on for dear life and that's part of the adventure but actually the adventure of prayer is extraordinary you know you'll know that from try praying we had some brilliant stories across all sites about actually that and there's more in that adventure there's more to come as we adventure with him in faith together and really quick story um to to just build up faith we got time for it harry Um, and there's uh, a lovely story about a a guy who's a missionary and uh, he's sent from Michigan out to an African uh, township and uh, he works there and uh, every two weeks he cycles on his bicycle through a very very dangerous jungle uh, to the the city where he can get money and he can get medical supplies out and then he camps in the dangerous jungle uh, on his own and then goes back with supplies and one such time that he does this, he gets to the city gates and he actually sees two men fighting and one lies really, really badly injured. He gets the supplies. He helps the man. He helps him up onto his feet again. And he actually says to him, I want to tell you about Jesus. This is the reason that I do what I do. He gives him uh, something about Jesus and he goes off and he cycles into this jungle, which is notoriously dangerous. But the guy who has received the thing about Jesus and been ministering to, gets his friends together and he says, follow that guy. He's got money, I know he's got money on him, and he's got medical supplies, which is brilliant currency in that particular place. So they go to attack him on his own, they see that he's, and then as they enter this jungle, they see he's surrounded by armed soldiers, surrounded, and they count as many as 26 soldiers around him, and they just think, oh my goodness, and they retreat in fear now, fast forward a little bit till he's in home in Michigan and he's sharing uh, at a conference, uh, a, a service, I guess, much like this. And he's saying how he looked after this guy, how God kept him safe and um how one of these these men told him uh, when he went two weeks uh, later into the uh, city, they said, "Oh, we were going to attack you, you." And actually, it was amazing. You were surrounded by these 26 soldiers, and we couldn't get anywhere near you. And uh, he says, "Well, I was alone. I was totally alone in that jungle." And so he's testifying in Michigan, and he's saying what what happened there. And he's saying, "Isn't that amazing? Amazing that God would command His angels over me. That He would do that for me. That actually, I know that I would." alone and yet that's what they heard and a man stood up in the gathering and he said actually he said I was playing golf at the time and he said I just felt the need on that day to get my brothers together to pray he said I felt really really fearful for you and I sent the call out to praying brothers and sisters to come that day and to gather and pray and he said oh by the way just stand up if you were part of that just to encourage our brother here and 26 guys stood up And now I know we can do with that what we will, but it gives me goosebumps because it makes me think that's the adventure of prayer, that actually there are things that you've prayed for, people that you've prayed for, and until we get to heaven, we won't understand what on earth was going on there. That, that They were fortunate, weren't they, to actually hear what the power of that prayer did. But sometimes we're not. That's the now and the not yet. But that's the adventure of prayer, that even when we don't know, that if there's that hunch in our heart to pray, to call as we did at the half night of prayer, and I was so, we were so blessed by that night, but to keep on praying as an adventure of faith, journeying with God, and actually Actually saying We want to make the most. You've given us so much. How can we not respond in return? I wonder if you'd stand with me as we uh, come to a close. And there's two things I'd like to do uh, as we return to a time of worship. Firstly, I'd like to read a blessing that is from Francis Frangia Pan. Try saying that quickly. And uh, I'd like to pray this for us. This is not what's on the screen, so you can shut your eyes Beloved, I say, let your fears go, lest they make you faint-hearted. Stop inspiring fear in those around you, and now take your stand in faith. God has been good, and he will continue to be good. Let us approach these days expecting to see the goodness of the Lord manifest. Let us be strong and of good courage for the Lord will fight for us if we stand together in faith. And now I wanted to just read this uh, short prayer that we used when we launched the Multi-Site Vision back in January uh, 2014. Disturb us, Lord, sorry, 15. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas, where storms will show your mastery. Where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizon of our hopes and to push us into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. This we ask in the name of our captain, who is Jesus Christ. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.